today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. You may think this is the right thing to do, but it's not. I'm trying to protect you from yourself. You know that expression? You've heard it. You probably said it. You're your own worst enemy because it's true. Sometimes when you're looking at yourself in the mirror, which is not something I like doing (laughs) much, but when I do, I know I am looking eyeball to eyeball at the enemy. Sometimes I just need to say to that guy, no! You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Jeremiah. The flesh is a twisted enemy, isn't it? Paul says it like this, I do not understand what I do, for what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, I do. In today's message, Pastor J.D. reminds us to take a stand for what's right. Even when our flesh is saying yes, and the Lord is saying no, we have to be a people that says yes to God. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Jeremiah chapter 20 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Let's pray. Yeah, looking forward to what God has for us. Father in heaven, thank you so much, Lord. Lord, we need you to now just kind of settle us down, quiet our minds, especially now, this time of year is always so busy and even stressful, needlessly and fortunately, but it is. And so Lord, just quiet our minds so we can give you our undivided attention. And and, um, Lord, just settle our hearts because we really want this to be our time together, not just with each other in fellowship, and worship with you in your word. So Lord, we're really looking forward to what it is that you have for us in this, these three chapters that we have before us. And we're with great anticipation looking to you, the author, the finisher of our faith, to minister to us and speak into our lives. Lord, thank you so much for this time. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right. So Again, I made the decision to do three chapters because all three of them, of course, they go together, but they also speak to how it is that while God directs our steps, so too does He also direct our stops. And all three chapters that are before us are really a much-needed reminder of how we as God's people respond to God's will, not just for our lives, but the direction in our lives. Now, what we're about to see, and those of you that read ahead to stay ahead kind of already have an idea, very interesting. But what we're going to see is the people of Judah who are now seeking God's direction concerning their running to and hiding in Egypt, this after the murder of Gedaliah, who was the governor installed by the king of Babylon, King Nebuchadnezzar, and this guy by the name of Ishmael murders him in the most unthinkable way in his home, at his table as they're breaking bread, which in that culture 
would have been just, again, unthinkable. But he murders him, and now all of Judah is in fear of what is the king of Babylon going to do. Now, you may want to, before we jump in, just take a quick glance at the end of chapter 41, because it's going to be germane to our understanding of what we're going to see tonight. They've already made their way to Egypt. Uh, They're in this town, close in proximity to Bethlehem, on their way to Egypt. So they're already deciding to flee, to run for their lives, thinking they're going to be safer in Egypt from Babylon. And now God, through the prophet Jeremiah, is going to do everything and stop at nothing to stop them from going to Egypt. And spoiler alert again, for those that read ahead to stay ahead, they they do not listen. How many times has God in His willingness to always direct our steps, direct our paths, oftentimes deemed it necessary to give us a red light so that we don't go ahead. You know, God is always directing us. That's not the question. God is always answering our prayers. That's not the question. The question is, do we want to hear the answer to the prayer that we prayed? They're they're not going to, they want nothing to do with this. They're having nothing to do with this. They don't want to hear, as we're going to see here in a moment, they don't want to hear the answer. They've already made up their minds. So they're already on their way. So they're going to go to Egypt, but God is going to try to stop them. Um, God's going to either give us, answer our prayers in one of three ways. He's either going to give us a red light, stop, a yellow light, slow down with and proceed with caution and be prepared to stop. Of course, that's not what yellow lights mean for us, right? Come on, let's be honest. Yellow lights mean hurry up, speed up, get through the intersection before the thing goes to red. But Yellow means slow down and proceed with caution and prepare to stop, okay? Don't speed up. We do that, right? So, but then sometimes God will just give you the green light and it's go go for it, go ahead. So he directs our steps, but he also directs our stops. I like this quip. It's something that's stayed with me over the years and been very helpful to me over the years. It goes like this. So when you pray and you ask God and you seek God for direction, as we're going to see Judah do here, sometimes God will say, uh, not yet, the timing's not right, slow. Sometimes God's response will be, you're not right, grow. Sometimes the response is, the request is not right, no. But sometimes God will say, the timing is right, you're right, and the request is right, go. Well, this is not one of those cases. <laughs> How's that for an introduction? I'm trying here. I'm I'm doing the best I can. Just be gracious to me. You are. All right, so with that, let's uh let's jump in. You ready? Verse one, chapter forty-two. Now, all the captains of the forces, Jehanan the son of Kareah, Jezaniah, the son of Hashaiah, and all the people, again, on these pronunciations, um, this is the best I, I've got, so you can take it or leave it. And all the people, from the least to the greatest, came near, and verse 2, said to Jeremiah the prophet, please let our petition be acceptable to you, 
and pray for us to the Lord your God. Oh, he's not your God? That's interesting. For all this remnant, since we're told parenthetically we are left but a few of many, as you can see, that, verse 3, the Lord your God may show us the way in which we should walk and the thing we should do. In other words, they're, they're coming to Jeremiah now, saying, Jeremiah, would you seek the Lord on our behalf? concerning this decision to flee to Egypt out of fear of the king of Babylon. Then, verse 4, Jeremiah the prophet said to them, I have heard, indeed, I will pray to the Lord your God. Interesting. <laughs> Whose God is it? It's our God, your God. No, he's not my God, he's your God. Okay. Your God, according to your words, and it shall be, now listen very carefully to this, that whatever the Lord answers you, I will declare it to you. I will keep nothing back from you. In other words, Jeremiah is saying, okay, I'll pray, but I'm not going to shrink back or hold back, because I don't think you're going to like the answer that I'm going to get when I seek the Lord concerning your decision. Because what Jeremiah knows and discerns correctly and rightly is that this decision is birthed out of fear, the fear of man. And whenever you and I make a decision that has at its core fear and not faith, you can be rest assured it's not the Lord, because God does not work in that way. God has not given us a spirit of fear. This decision, this is a life and death decision. They're running for their lives. They are so afraid now of the king of Babylon because this Gedaliah, Nebuchadnezzar's man, has been murdered. So now they're fearful that he's going to come back. He just left. And he's going to come back and that's it, man. He's just going to destroy everyone and destroy the city. So this is all out of fear. But Jeremiah's response is telling for a number of reasons, not the least of which is that he's discerning that they're disingenuous and even dishonest. Let me explain. And don't be too hard on them, because we do this all the time. And you're going to know what I'm talking about here in a moment. Uh, they've already made plans. Now they just want God to ratify it. Come on. They've already made up their minds. They've already made their decision. Now they want to have Jeremiah take it to prayer and see if they can get God to bless it and put his stamp of approval on it. We do that. Okay, fine. I'll, I'll just speak for myself. I, I still do that. Oh, God, bless this. No. I'm not, oh, I, oh, apparently you've already got this thing planned out, figured out. Now you want me to bless it? Maybe you should have come to me first and just said, Lord, <laughs> what should I do? Well, apparently you've already taken matters into your own hands. And now you just want me to bless your plans. I'm not going to bless them. In fact, I'm going to say no. I'm going to try to stop you from doing what you're already planning to do. And that which you asked Jeremiah to ask for my approval so you can. You're not going to get my approval. I'm going to say no. And I'm not being mean. I'm saying no for your own protection. Because see, I know the end from the beginning. 
You may think this is the right thing to do, but it's not. I'm trying to protect you from yourself. You know that expression? You've heard it. You've probably said it. You're your own worst enemy, because it's true. Sometimes when you're looking at yourself in the mirror, which is not something I like doing (laughs) much, but when I do, I know I am looking eyeball to eyeball at that enemy. And sometimes I just need to say to that guy, no, no. Is that too much? He's trying to protect them from themselves. He's trying to protect them from the folly and the peril that will always ensue when a decision like this is made out of fear. Verse 5, so (laughs) they said to Jeremiah, oh, this is just so. Let the Lord be a true and faithful witness between us. If we do not do according to everything which the Lord your God sends us by you, whether it is pleasing or displeasing, we will obey the voice of the Lord our God. Oh, to whom we send you, that it may be well with us when we obey the voice of the Lord our God. Really? Give me a break. I mean, this is, they they have, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'll just let Jeremiah by the Holy Spirit explain, explain what happens. Now, verse 7, we need to talk about this and work through this. And it happened after 10 days that the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Wait, 10 days? Okay, so Jeremiah agrees. They come to him, say, Jeremiah, please, would you, would you petition the throne on our behalf concerning this decision? And Jeremiah's like, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll pray. Uh, I'll do that. And I will tell you everything the Lord says in response. And I'm not going to hold back. And you're probably not going to like it. And then they come back with, no, no matter what it is, we will obey the voice of God. Whether it's pleasing or displeasing, we just want to make sure this is God's will. So Jeremiah's like, okay. So what does he do? He goes and he prays. And verse 7, we're told, very interesting detail, by the way, 10 days. That's a particular interest, given that Jeremiah is patiently waiting on the Lord in his seeking of the Lord. Now, here's what I'm thinking. Jeremiah already knows what's going on here. He's not stupid. He already knows what's going on. And I would even venture to say that he already knows what God's response is going to be. Why why do I say that? Because everything heretofore has been, go, surrender, go to Babylon, and you'll live. You try to fight this, you're going to die. And there were those who were remaining in Judah, in Jerusalem, and God assured them through the prophet Jeremiah that they would be taken care of and no harm would befall them. Now that's important because uh, it would seem that they did not really believe that. They thought they were safer in Egypt than they would be if they remained there in Judah. Now 10 days, very long time. And then (laughs) you have to understand that the the situation is such that this is of life and death urgency. I would imagine, I wonder, it's not in the text, but if I was there, I would be texting Jeremiah every day. Did you hear back yet? Did you get a response yet? Because we need to get to Egypt. And so did you? Nope, not yet, not yet. 
And then you're waiting for those three dots on the text message, you know what I'm talking about? So, because, you know, because he's responding, he's, he's responding to the text. Nope, nothing yet. Still praying. Okay, then tomorrow you go and you text him again. Jeremiah, anything? Nope. 10 days. It takes 10 days. Well, patient, persistent prayer. Do you think Jeremiah just prayed, said, okay, there, I did it. I just prayed one time. No, he's still seeking the Lord. He's still seeking the Lord, because that's who Jeremiah is. 10 days. Verse 8, then he called Johanan, the son of Kareah, and all the captains of the forces which were with him, and all the people from the least even to the greatest, and said to them, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, to whom you sent me to present your petition before him. If, key word verse 10, you will still remain in this land, then I will build you and not pull you down, and I will plant you and not pluck you up, for I relent concerning the disaster that I have brought upon you. (laughs) Do not be afraid of the king of Babylon, of whom you are afraid. Do not be afraid of him, says the Lord. Does that sound a little bit redundant? Don't be afraid of the guy that you're afraid of. Do not be afraid of him, the guy that you're afraid of. (laughs) Trying to uh, make a point here. I'm not doing very well, but why is it recorded and written that way? Here's what I think. Again, they're they're crippled and paralyzed by their fear. And, and God is basically putting his finger on their fear and saying, you have nothing to be afraid of. I know you fear the king of Babylon. You fear the repercussion, the retaliation now that Gedaliah has been murdered, but do not be afraid of him. Why shouldn't I be afraid of him? The Lord says, for I am with you to save you and deliver you from his hand, and I will show you mercy that he, speaking of the king of Babylon, by the way, may have mercy on you and cause you to return to your own land. You would think there would be a collective sigh of relief. They're like, oh, Jeremiah, thank you so much. Praise the Lord. Hey, let's go back. We're not going to Egypt. It's a red light. He stopped us dead in our tracks. Let's go back to Judah. We have the promise of God, the assurance of God, that we're going to be okay. We have nothing to be afraid of. This king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, is an instrument in the hands of Almighty God, and he cannot do anything to us, and God said he will not let him do anything to us. It's safe, you guys. We can go back home now. And that would be the end of the chapter, and probably the end of the Bible study early, but it's not. Yeah, because you guys... Man, you've been sitting under my teaching way too long. Verse 13, but if you say, we will not dwell in this land, disobeying the voice of the Lord your God, saying, no, but we will go to the land of Egypt where we shall see no war, nor hear the sound of the trumpet, nor be hungry for bread, and there we will dwell. Then hear now the word of the Lord, O remnant of Judah. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, if you wholly set your faces to enter Egypt and go to dwell there, then, verse 16, it shall be that the sword 
which you feared shall overtake you there in the land of Egypt. The famine of which you were afraid shall follow close after you there in Egypt, and there you shall die. Listen, right, right about now, just you'll forgive the pause, but this gives me pause. Because I just got done hearing Jeremiah say, hey, the Lord responded, here's his answer. Stay in Judah. Don't go to Egypt. Stop. Don't go. Whatever you do, don't go to Egypt. Um, if you stay in Judah, God is going to take care of you. He's going to protect you. You'll have nothing to be afraid of. If you go to Egypt, you're going to die. Okay, I guess I'm not going to Egypt then. Verse 17, are we okay so far? Are you with me on this? Do you feel me on this? <laughs> so, verse 17, shall it be with all the men who set their faces to go to Egypt to dwell there. They shall die by the sword, by famine, and by pestilence, and none of them shall remain or escape from the disaster that I will bring upon them. You still want to go to Egypt? Not now. Verse 18, for thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, as my anger and my fury have been poured out on the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so will my fury be poured out on you. And this is interesting, I underlined it, when you enter Egypt. Ah, oh, this is an omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God who already knows. Notice he doesn't say, if you enter. He says, no, when. when. When you do what you already decided to do, when you enter Egypt, and you shall be an oath, an astonishment, a curse, and a reproach, and you shall see this place no more. Speaking of Judah, the Lord has said concerning you, O remnant of Judah, do not go to Egypt. That's pretty clear. Is that clear? I guess it's a no. It's not a maybe. It's not a wait. It's not a slow down and proceed with caution and be. No, it's no, no. Do not go. And by the way, I'm just saying, your forefathers, by the grace of God and the mercy of God, got out of Egypt. And you want to go back? What is the matter with you? What is your problem? What are you thinking? Okay, I feel better. Not really, but know certainly that I have admonished you this day. Now, this is what the Lord is saying to them in response to them through Jeremiah. Now it's Jeremiah's turn. Watch this, verse 20. For you were hypocrites. Now listen, I was thinking about this, inquiring of the Lord about this. I even kind of went back into my archive notes on this. There's not really that many times when Jeremiah is pronounced in his disdain towards the people of Judah. I mean, he loves them. He cares about them. He's grieving for them, weeping because of them. There's a couple of times, this is one of them, where he's like, you know, you, you guys lied to me. You were hypocrites in your hearts when you sent me to the Lord your God, saying, pray for us to the Lord our God, and according to all that the Lord your God. Not that Jeremiah had that tone. I would have. <laughs> yeah, according to all that the Lord your God said. He's repeating what, he, what they told him. 
So declare to us and we will do it. Yeah, okay, that was that was actually not too bad. You've been listening to another edition of In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to this study in the Word of God. As you continue to learn from the book of Jeremiah with Pastor J.D., don't discount the things you're hearing. God may be speaking to you individually today through Scripture. We encourage you to keep reading on your own, too, to further understand what you've heard in this edition. If you're not already part of a local church that you call home, we encourage you to find one and attend regularly. This only helps you grow in your relationship with God and others. If you don't have a church home, come be a part of ours. You'll find all the information you need, including service times and directions, to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe at calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're there, you can also access more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings like the one you heard today, including his weekly prophecy updates. In addition to that, you may be interested in the ABCs of Salvation under the Resources tab. This is a simple guide to understanding the good news of salvation in Jesus. As we continue to learn from the book of Jeremiah together, we'd be honored to pray for you during this study. Would you let us know what those prayer requests might be? Just fill out the contact form under the About tab at calvarychapelkaneohe.com. Or come find us on social media. There are links to our Twitter and Instagram pages on our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. That's all we have time for today, but thanks for listening to this edition of In Spirit and Truth.